It is called Looking Ahead. Let me begin. I remember when I was a teenager, first learning how to drive. Remember those days? Now maybe some of you had a lot of experience driving before you actually got your license. But I didn't. I remember going down a two-lane road for the first time with oncoming traffic while many others learned to drive in small, compact cars. I had to drive in my dad's big Suburban, trying to keep that monster of a vehicle in the middle of the lane without veering too close to the center line or or off to the shoulder was a real challenge for me. I was constantly checking all my mirrors and trying to avoid creeping over the guiding lines on either side. It was just expected that I should know how to keep the car in the middle of the lane. After all, the real questions were for parallel parking and passing someone and responding to the movements of other drivers. So when I felt that I should know something but I didn't know it, I was usually afraid to ask my father, afraid that I would be shamed for asking such a stupid question that I should have already known. So... In a very unconventional way, I figured out a way to keep that Suburban in the middle of the lane. I know that kind of sounds crazy, but it worked for me, at least for a time. I would look down across the hood as I was driving and see the hood ornament, and I would get the top of the hood ornament to line with the, with the right side out line. And as long as I could keep that on the line, I stayed in the center. Now, understand it took a lot of looking at the mirrors and looking back at the hood and looking at the cars coming back, but somehow I kept it in there, even though I was sweating profusely at the time. So I tried also to also try to pay attention to my dad as he made comments uh, about my driving. So as he looked at me one time with just a weird look in his eye, he figured out what I was doing for my frame of reference as I white-knuckled the steering wheel. And i got to tell you, my dad was never one to mince words, often using some very colorful adjectives, if you know what I mean. And so when he saw what I was doing, he laid into me about what in the heck I was doing. So as I started to tell him my elaborate scheme, he told me that none of that was necessary. I said, so how do you make sure the car stays in the middle of the road? He said, You just look down the road, up ahead, and the car just stays in the middle of the road. Seems simple, but it was hard to trust something like that. That seemed to lack a specific process. I was looking for a concrete way, a formula, a step-by-step process. But all I was told was to just look ahead and the car will be fine. After a while, I learned to do just that. And of course... The Suburban was just fine. I tell that story not to embarrass myself or to invite jokes about my driving skills, although I'm sure they will come. But rather I tell to show you how many of us try to figure out the Christian walk at times. Yes, we know loving God and trying not to sin and treating others the way that we would like to be treated as our our common of what we're doing as we're following God. We know about prayer and reading the Bible and going to church, but what about all that stuff in between? For some things in life, there are very clear answers in the pages of the Bible. For other things, it takes study and reflection and asking a trusted brother or sister in Christ. 
And for some instances and situations we find ourselves in life, we come to understand that there are no easy answers. We just have to keep our eyes on God up ahead and trust that He will keep us on the road. As a pastor and a counselor, I have talked with many people over the years who want a step-by-step, a process, or a formula for getting it right with God, or for overcoming an offense, or pushing through a challenging time without losing hope or becoming bitter in the process. I would bet that most of you have felt this way at one time or another, wanting more direction on how to navigate unfamiliar terrain in life. In fact, it is where many people find themselves right now in the middle of this COVID-19 crisis. We are continually reminded to trust God day by day. And He will get us through. But what if we don't always believe what we say? What happens when we get overwhelmed by the negative news, the fears of others, and the worries and the what-ifs posed by friends and neighbors? How are we supposed to stay in the middle of the lane with all the oncoming traffic of unknowns and fears and anxieties and questions? I'll tell you that our answer is and always will be God. In His Word, He has laid out directions for us to follow when we are paralyzed by our doubts and need some guidance. And the good news is that He doesn't shame us for any question that we ask as long as we go to Him for the answers and not to social media or any misguided sources. Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Receiving information from someone else changes dramatically when we adjust our perspective. In this proverb, we are reminded that we are children of God, not just His creations. As His children, we are able to come to Him with anything that is on our minds and in our hearts. There is nothing to be ashamed of. Consider this mind-blowing revelation for a minute. God not only knows all of our thoughts and all of our feelings, whether we vocalize them or not, He actually knows all of our thoughts, our words, and our actions before we bring them to fruition. And in spite of all this, He still loves us and invites us to come to Him with our every need and question and thought and desire. Therefore, let us begin to look at this instruction as coming from God, our loving Father. Let us listen as children who desire to receive direction from One who loves us greater than we could ever love ourselves. Proverbs 4.21 Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. The first instruction we are given is to get God's Word into our heart and also to stay in His Word. This is more than a Sunday study. We are commanded to be in His Word and have His Word remain in our minds and reign in our hearts whether it be through daily devotions, memorizing Scriptures, Bible studies with friends, meditations on His Word through prayer, or simply being free enough 
to talk to God throughout the day with every need or every response that we have. Exodus 33:11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. You know, one of the most endearing qualities of God is knowing that He is indeed a God of compassion. He spoke to Moses as a friend, face to face and heart to heart. Through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we have access to this personal connection as well. We are free to talk to God in plain language with any thought, with any frustration, with any request or any praise. As our Father, He longs to hear from us. If we likewise long to hear from Him, then we must remain in His Word. Proverbs 4, verse 22. Speaking of the words of God. For they are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. God's Word is life to those who take the time to search for truth, and find it in His Word. When Bible reading becomes an obligation or something you feel you should, you should do or something that you have to do, then it ceases to become life. It ceases to become health to your body and spirit and mind. But when you are drawn to the Word because you desire to hear from God and be strengthened by His wisdom, touched by His love, encouraged by His comfort, and empowered by His commands, then... It becomes health to your flesh. We all need to check our motivations on a regular basis to make sure we are taking time to find His truth and dig deep for understanding and realize that our, our time in the Word is a relationship with the living God, not just a daily discipline. Proverbs 4, 23. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. How many know that it takes effort to keep your heart right before God? We are commanded here to keep our heart with all diligence. At this point, it's worth noting the difference between the heart and the mind and how the two are connected. You see, many people confuse the mind and the heart and feel that it's impossible to remain pure before God because from time to time, all of us are attacked with thoughts of impurity or anger, doubt, fear, and stress. But the truth is that the mind is where we do battle with the enemy and with the desires of our flesh. We are all tempted to think certain things or to assign blame to others or to condemn ourselves or to put words or actions to our thoughts. The problem is that when we are afraid to do battle in our minds or when we resist the effort it takes to press into God, when we are under spiritual attack, then the tempting thought begins to take root in our hearts and out of it spring the issues of life. If we would learn to do battle in our minds first, roll up our spiritual sleeves and do battle with the enemy at the point of temptation, then we would be able to keep our hearts right before God by leaning on His grace and His peace. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, 
but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. God has given us powerful spiritual weapons through standing on His Word, seeking Him in prayer, and singing praises to God our Father. When we stand on His Word, we come against the arguments of temptation and every high thing that seeks to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. It takes great effort to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, whether it be doubts of fear, negativity, or anxiety. Yet this is what each of us is what we are all called to do. For lack of a better word, I would say that Christianity is not for sissies. I don't mean that in a derogative way, but if you've been following God for any time through challenges, through temptations, and through difficult times that don't always make sense, you know that the Christian walk is not an easy task. We all must be willing to fight against the attack from the enemy. Not in our strength, but in God's strength. But the fight takes place in the mind where we stand on His Word and refuse to back down until we have a sense that God is in control, that the enemy is weakening, that we shall overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony. If we don't fight the battle in our minds, it will slowly start to make its way down into our hearts and then turn into an issue that we will try to resolve through our words, through our actions, and through our desires to gratify the desires of our flesh. We can't allow that to happen. Especially in this time when there are so many unknowns out there, so much fear in the news, so much accusation, trying to blame everyone and everything. It is of vital importance that we guard our minds and protect our hearts. The way we do this is by seeking to see things from God's perspective. When we do this, our hearts remain tender before God, which allows us to hold on to hope and believe that God is working on our behalves to see us through it all. Therefore, with this being our aim, I want to draw your attention to an excellent parable in the Gospel of Mark that I believe is very fitting for today. If you have been seeking direction from God on how to rise above the negativity, the doubt, and the fears that are all around you at this time, then listen up, because Jesus is speaking to you. Mark 4, 26-27 And He said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, and should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. Notice that the seed eventually sprouts, but man does not know how. Mark 4, 28 and 29. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Notice the progression. First, the blade. Then the head. Then the full grain in the head. And finally, the harvest comes. But first, the blade. 
What does that mean? It means that too often we pray for the harvest and are only looking for the harvest in answered prayer. But God doesn't always work that way. There is a progression. And if we don't acknowledge it, not only do we miss the mark on what God is doing in our lives, but we find ourselves living in doubt and despair. Let's say that you are praying for God to strengthen a friendship that has withered in the past years. You ask God to open this pathway, and so you start to devote time, spending time in His Word and looking for direction for yourself. The next morning you get up to go pick up the paper at the end of your driveway, and your neighbor comes by and he stops. And he comments to you on how beautiful your lawn is. How great it looks. And then you just casually you talk for about 15 minutes at the end of your driveway, talking with the day and, and, and kind of catching up. And then you head back to your house with your newspaper tucked under your arm, feeling pretty good that you started the day with a pleasant conversation. Now you can say, that was nice, and think little of how God is answering your prayer. Too often when we pray for something specific, we're only looking for the harvest, and we miss the blades along the way. The truth of the matter is that God is already starting to move conversations your way. He is opening up avenues of communication. Although this is not the relationship that you have been praying for, God is still beginning to bless you in new ways. When this happens, you need to consciously make the effort to connect the blade to the harvest. You do this by saying, Thank you, God, for that great conversation and connection with my neighbor. I am choosing to see this as a blade that I connect to the harvest. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for the blade. It's amazing how our attitude changes when we change our perspective and start looking for blades each day instead of feeling hopeless because our harvest never seems to come. There are so many times that God begins moving in new ways to bless us and to answer our prayers and bring us into His will. But sadly, we don't acknowledge the progression of His blessings and often become bitter before he is finished. What if we began each day by saying, God, I thank you that you are moving in my life. Show me some blades today that I can connect to the harvest. Now, blades take a little effort to find, but they are all over the place. If we go out expecting to find them, imagine driving down the road and passing a field of black soil that has recently been tilled and planted for the upcoming season. From your car, it looks like nothing but rows of black dirt. But if you stop and get out and begin walking those rows, and start to look down and look closely, you begin to see small green blades popping up along the rows. They are unmistakable and clearly on their way to the harvest. If you hadn't stopped to look, you would have written off that field as having nothing to show. This is exactly how it is with God when it comes to moving in your life, answering your prayers, and beginning to move in new new ways to reveal Himself to you. He calls us to ask for blades, to look 
for blades and then thank Him for the blades that are indeed connected to the harvest. When we have this blade mentality, we begin our days with thankfulness and hope. Our faith grows and we gain an enthusiastic momentum for seeking God throughout the day. When this happens, our faith becomes contagious and sharing Jesus with others just happens naturally. This is how God's kingdom advances. This is how His message of hope and love are shared. This is how He calls all of us to live authentic lives. I don't know how this coronavirus crisis has affected you or your loved ones, but I do know that it has brought a lot of confusion and doubt and anxiety to many people. Now, we can just join the crowd and complain or blame the governor or the president, or we can ask God to give us direction. Then, be courageous enough to go out and start looking for blades, for proof that He is indeed moving in this pandemic. Certainly many of us are praying that the virus would be eradicated and move out of our area and out of our country and out of this world. Yet in saying this, it certainly seems like a long way off before that harvest comes. Especially if you listen to everything the news stations are saying. But what if God really is moving to answer these prayers? What if He has blades popping up all over the place? just hoping that His beloved children will see what He is doing and begin thanking Him instead of complaining to Him. How would your perspective change? How would your thoughts and your conversations with others change if you started asking God to show you blades each day for which you could be thankful for? Then you went out looking for those blades of God beginning to move in new directions to show you His blessings to you and to others. When we take the time to make the connection from the blade to the harvest, we show God that we do indeed trust Him through it all. And when we claim these signs as blades, we not only acknowledge the progression of the harvest, but we put ourselves in a position to receive the head and then the full grain in the head, and eventually the full harvest. Amen? Amen? What blades do you need to claim on seeds of faith that you have sown? If you begin your prayers with thanksgiving for all the blades you see, you will not only have a more positive and hopeful outlook, but you will be one step closer to the harvest. There will always be people who stay in the negative, who anxiously stir up strife with their doubts and their fears, but God has called us to go above and beyond by trusting Him through it all. Let me tell you, God is moving in this world. If you desire to be part of what He is doing, then begin by thanking Him, by praising Him, by starting to connect the blades to the harvest. With this attitude, we don't waste all our time worrying about the things that the naysayers latch on to. As we go into the world looking for blades, we keep our focus forward. We continue looking ahead. And God takes care of us by keeping us in the middle of the road on a path that leads directly to His heart. Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for Your comfort and for the direction that You give us. Lord God, I ask that You would show each of us blades 
You know the harvest that we have been praying for. And help, I pray, God, that you would open our eyes to see as you see, to see you moving in all the many, many places. We thank you for the blades, and we choose to connect the blades to the harvest. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.